Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Welcome to the Brutal, Bizarre, and Boozy podcast. I'm Declan, the son. And I'm Jane, the mom. This is the podcast where we talk about brutal crimes, bizarre occurrences, and get you drunk with cocktails themed around one of our stories. To lighten things up, we'd like to end our time with a chaser. Please keep in mind some of our stories might be upsetting to young or sensitive ears. We love hearing from our listeners, so feel free to contact us by email or social media. You can find our contact info in the show notes for this episode. If you'd like to support us through Patreon, you can find us there at Brutal, Bizarre, and Boozy Podcast, or use the link in our show notes. Welcome to the Ugly Radio on the Podmoth Network, a lo-fi sci-fi audio theater anthology series made for late nights and strong drinks. Join us monthly as we broadcast a pirate signal across time and space, featuring stories, songs, and frequencies from a rotating list of voice actors, writers, storytellers, and musicians. If you're looking for high-quality science fiction, skin-crawling horror, and other genre fiction, listen to The Ugly Radio on the Podmoth Network, now available wherever you get your podcasts. The Ugly Radio. See you in the void. Declan, what story do you have to tell us today? I'm going to be talking about Hell Crafts or Hell Nielsen. I don't don't think I know that name, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to be telling you about the Lead Masks case. This is kind of a shorter story, uh, but it's very interesting, so... Mine's also fairly short, so we'll have a shorter episode today. Sorry, folks. Yeah, we say that. Let's try and and stretch it out in the chaser. (laughs) And then we'll we'll get on a rant and talk about something else. (laughs) True. We're we're usually pretty good about it. I know. We're usually pretty good about it, so I don't know that it'll be that bad, but this might be a shorter episode. So hope you're not on a long drive and (laughs) just listen to it twice. Yeah. So the cocktail that I have with this, I found a couple of good ones, but the because of the liquor stores that we have at our availability don't have the things, I ended up picking this one because it had all of the stuff that we could find easily. There was one that I really wanted to try that had a kind of a flavored vodka that apparently is no longer in production. So the cocktail I have is called Miss Fisher's Mystery Cocktail because my story is a mystery. Okay. So this cocktail is made of two ounces of rye whiskey, half ounce of Grand Marnier, a tablespoon of lemon juice, a half teaspoon of maple syrup, and a quarter teaspoon of strawberry preserves, which I thought was really interesting. I've never had jam in a drink before, or maple syrup (laughs) for that matter. 
But to make this drink, you pour all ingredients into a cocktail shaker with a lot of ice. Shake aggressively because you want to make sure those that jam is well incorporated. And then you pour into a frosted glass and serve. So are you ready? I've, yes, but I realized I bought raspberry jam on accident, but it doesn't oh. really matter. It, it might I just saw red. I bought a red jar of jam. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Oh, that's, that's boozy. Good. That's delicious. Mm. You think? Yeah. Oh. I could suck like three of those down, no problem. <gasps> Maybe it's the raspberry. But the strawberry what is kind not of hitting whiskey me. I don't taste any. I used the rye. I used a rye whiskey. Oh. Maybe that's my problem. Maybe I should have used something. I stick to mm. bourbon unless it says so. Did it well, say it rye, whiskey? rye whiskey? I don't remember. Yeah. Oh. It actually said a specific brand, which I wasn't going to go looking for. Uh, Michter's rye whiskey. I don't know. I couldn't find a lot of stuff on different drinks because our liquor store is so small. So I just went with a generic, just whatever we had that was rye. But, ooh, it's this strong and boozy. I'm sure I... If I did rye, I wouldn't have liked it as much. So I'm glad I went with a bourbon. Yeah. I like bourbon a lot more. So... This story is very mysterious, and that's why I picked a mystery named Drink. In August 1966, a young boy was flying a kite near Bintem Hill, a suburb of Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. The boy made a grisly discovery on the side of a steep hill. He found the bodies of two men lying in the grass. He reported his findings to the police, but the terrain was very difficult so they couldn't get to the bodies until the next day. The men were dressed well, each wearing a formal suit and a waterproof raincoat. Not quite sure. I mean, it's a different time. You know, people wore suits back then, but uh, it seemed very odd. But I'm picturing like the scene in Jurassic Park where the guy's running from the, uh, he's in the rainstorm and he just, like uh in fact he put the virus on all the computers and he's running away and he slips in the mud that guy like in a suit with a yellow rain jacket yeah i don't know why they had raincoats on because nobody said that it was like rainy or anything in that area at that time and i don't i don't know they had raincoats on uh they were also wearing lead masks covering their eyes so if you think about basically similar in size to a large frame sunglasses. and But they were uh, made out of lead? Yes, they were made like out of metal? lead. Yep, huh. the metal, lead. They cut lead and made like shades Goggles? out of them to cover their eyes. Sort of, yeah. 
I'll post mm. I'll post pictures in our Instagram of the drawings because there weren't any pictures of the actual glasses themselves. They were just similar in shape. But that's why this is called the lead masks case because they were wearing these lead masks over their eyes. There were no outward signs of trauma to either man. They were just peacefully laying on the ground. Near the bodies were more strange items. They had an empty bottle of water and a bag containing wet towels. The strangest item was a notebook with some cryptic statements found inside. Written in the notebook seemed to be timed instructions, but no one really knows what they meant. The statements were written in Spanish and roughly translated. It read, 1630 hours, be at the specified location. 1830 hours, swallow capsules, after effect, protect metals, await mask signal. Again, this is a rough translation. And I looked at numerous sources and they all had like kind of the similar, but the order of the words might have been out of order a little bit. But basically the gist of it is be at this place at 4.30 and at 8 or at uh, 18.30 hours or 6.30 p.m. Take some capsules, put on your masks and wait. Hmm. Yeah. Police removed the bodies from the hill and took them to the coroner's office to await autopsy. The men were identified as Manuel Pereira de Cruz and Miguel Jose Viana. Both of them were married in their 30s and were electronic technicians in a town a few hours away from the hill that they were found on. Police were able to determine the men left their town three days before being found they claimed that they were leaving to buy some equipment for work the two men boarded a bus and arrived in rio in the rio suburb a few hours later sources differ on whether or not the men had large sums of money in their possession at the time of their discovery or if witnesses had seen them earlier in the day with a lot of money so one of the sources that I read said they had a bunch of money in their pockets. And then another source that I looked at said they had had large sums of cash earlier in the day. And then by the time their bodies were found, the money was gone. They only had a little bit left. So I don't know. Hmm. But they Last made week. some purchases when they uh, made it to their destination. They bought the waterproof coats. They didn't bring those with them. They brought the waterproof coats upon arrival and stopped at a bar where they purchased the water. They kept the receipt for the bottle of water, possibly to get a bottle refund after they completed their task. A witness recalled, I'm sorry, a waitress recalled seeing the men when they bought the water and described Miguel as seeming nervous and repeatedly checking his watch. The men were seen headed into the hills about an hour after arriving on the bus. The autopsy of the men turned out to show very little information because it hadn't been done for several weeks. Apparently, the coroner's office was too busy to get to them. And so when they did get to them a couple weeks later, the bodies had decomposed so much and they couldn't really get a good toxicology screening. So no one really knows 
what happened. Jeez. Yeah. So no toxicology done. Still no, like, you know, there's no, like, broken bones. Nobody's got a knife in their chest, anything like that. No real explanation as to why these two men would have died. So this is the end of what is known in the case, but there are a few theories about what the men were doing and why. Manuel's wife claimed both men were involved in scientific spiritualism, and they were interested in alien life. She explained the men had, and one of their friends had created a machine which they attempted to use to contact aliens. But when they used it, the machine exploded in their backyard. <laughs> they fixed the machine and they attempted to use it again, this time going not in their backyard, but to a beach, you know, so that there's nothing that's going to get blown up. Um, and this time they saw an explosion in the sky. This is what uh, the wife is saying. A few months after the death, someone claiming to also be involved in the scientific spiritualism community came forward. This person claimed that in that area, in the Rio de Janeiro area, that community often used psychedelic drugs in their efforts to contact aliens. A while after the deaths, a man claimed that he was involved in robbing Manuel and Miguel, and an associate had forced them to take poison which killed them. But police didn't find that story credible. There was no evidence to confirm any of what that man was saying. So they basically just wrote it off and they were like, hmm. What was it? That schizophrenic guy from last week? It was not. <laughs> yeah. It was not. I mean, I suppose he could have been. He was, yeah, he was in his late teens, I think, at that point. I don't know. I'm not real good at math. They communicated to me that they needed to take poison and I gave it to them. (laughs) Yes. That was weird. Uh, It was weird. So it's completely unknown what the men were doing on the hill, what the capsules could have been, or if there even were any capsules because no one saw them take anything. No one saw, you know, there was no nothing. The only thing that led them to believe that they had taken any kind of drug at all was the fact that in the notebook it said, take the capsules. Hmm. So. That's so weird. Decades later, I don't think there's any way they're going to know what happened to those men, what they were doing, what they were thinking, what they were trying to achieve why they had the lead masks on their face. Yeah. Cause it said, um, one of my sources said that the, basically they were like the size of sunglasses. Um, so it would have been too small to really protect their eyes if they had been exposed to something you know, big, massive explosion wise that the lead masks, they were too small. So they were sunglasses to protect them from laying down in the grass, I guess. I don't know. They do look like sunglasses. That's weird. Right? Yeah. They just look like. they died from lead poisoning. (laughs) 
isn't lead super bad for you, especially if you yeah, if you ingest and it, you but probably it directly not a- onto your eyeballs wasn't the best idea. I doubt it. I don't think it would matter. I mean, people get lead poisoning after living in a home with lead pipes for years and years. It's not something that happens right away, unless they were eating the lead that they cut off of the. I don't know. Super weird and sketchy. Some people, <clears throat> apparently there was somebody claimed to have seen a potential UFO like a day after the bodies were found or or around that time. So they were thinking, oh, either one the the ufo was looking for these two guys and didn't find them because they were dead or two the ufo was a sign that whatever these two guys did and their effort to communicate to aliens was a positive sign that their task had be completed again nobody knows it's just one of those weird unsolved things they're trying to get back to the ship maybe these they look freaky they look like Aliens to me, especially. Oh, they just look uh, dudes. The crews? No. His eyes are like. (laughs) He's just staring directly into your soul. He's got. Maybe that's why he had to wear the lead mask. To cover his creepy eyes, his creepy alien eyes. They they don't look like normal eyes either. They look like squares. It's probably just a bad picture, but. It's probably, it was the 1960s. Where are they going to get a good picture? It's not like anybody had an iPhone. Yeah. Freaky case. Yes. Well, let me tell you about Hell Crafts. Hell Crafts was born Hell Lork Nielsen on July 4th, 1974 in Denmark. She moved to the United States in the late 60s and eventually settled and eventually settled in Newton, Connecticut. Hell was described as a vibrant and independent woman known for her striking beauty and warm personality. She worked as a flight attendant for Pan Am Airways and led a seemingly ordinary life until it took a horrifying turn. On the evening of November 18, 1986, Hell Crafts vanished without a trace. Her husband, Richard Crafts, a commercial pilot, told authorities that she had left him and their three children to start a new life with someone else. But as investigators began to dig deeper, they uncovered a web of lies and a gruesome truth. Uh Uh-oh. The timeline leading up to Hell's disappearance paints a chilling picture. Just weeks prior, Hell had confided in her friend, Dawn Marie Thomas, about her concerns regarding Richard's infidelity and his violent outbursts. Oh. It seemed that Hell was growing increasingly fearful fearful of her husband's behavior. So she had actually hired a private investigator and caught uh, Richard with his 
Right. Mistress? Mistress. Is that what you call him? Yeah. Yeah. As the investigation unfolded, a startling discovery emerged. The evidence pointed to Richard Crafts being involved in Hell's disappearance. Investigators found traces of blood in the couple's home, including on the bedroom floor and in the family's freezer. And it was discovered that the uh, the the bedroom had carpet in it. Just prior to the investigation, they decided to remodel and expose the hardwood floors. But the blood mm. penetrated so deep that it was still detected by luminol. Yuck. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. They also discovered a receipt for the purchase of a wood chipper. A critical oh. piece of evidence that would expose the sinister truth. Oh. It was revealed that Richard had used the wood chipper to dispose of Hell's body. He had dismembered her and fed her remains through the machine, hoping to eliminate any trace of the crime. Mm. The horrific details of this act were uh, were beyond comprehension and sent shockwaves throughout the nation. Yeah. The investigation took a gruesome turn when divers searched nearby Lake Zor. They discovered body parts, including bone fragments and strands of Hell's hair. This provided undeniable proof of her murder, and the woodchipper yeah. became a macabre symbol of the crime, forever etched in the uh, true crime history. And this just backs up a witness testimony of hearing someone who was out on the lake wood chipping With near the, the lake. Chipper. Yeah. So, did you say he bought the wood chipper or he rented the wood chipper? Uh, I believe he bought it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think <sighs> I think I would have rented a wood chipper. Hoping that I someone else would use it after some, me. I guarantee you I they're going to have some cash. questions when their wood chipper is covered in blood. <laughs> Shit out. You'd hose it down. I, I, I don't know how wood chippers work. I feel like it's hard to wash a wood chipper. There'd be pieces of like meat stuck in the grinders and be like, what were you putting in here? <laughs> this is Probably. my wood chipper. <laughs> you rented it for a hundred bucks a day and now it's covered in okay. fucking meat. What kind of meat is this? <laughs> this it's isn't a, a sausage maker. Wasted, it's, it's it's one of those deer with chronic wasting disease. Yeah, you can't eat them, so you just kind of wood chip them into the lake. Yeah. So, well, so what he, then the the fish would bought have the wood it, right? chipper and he was feeding it into the lake. So you know how they have the yeah. spout that shoots Blowing all the chippings out? Shooting oh, it right into the yeah. lake. And that's. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say that was smart, but it's kind of. It's it's not dumb. It's not dumb. And it, so as Richard I mean, Crafts. But then you get rid of your. Oh. Yeah. But then you have a wood chipper that's covered in blood that you have to get rid of somehow. <laughs> you, you get rid of the wood chipper. You don't yeah. keep the wood chipper. 
As Richard Crafts was brought to trial, the courtroom began a stage uh, for re- as Richard Crafts was brought to trial, the courtroom became became a stage for a riveting legal battle. God, that was a fucking yeah. mouthful. <laughs> the prosecution presented a compelling case showing the mountain of evidence against Richard. They argued that his motive for the murder was a desire to cash in on Hell's life insurance and to start a new life with the mistress that he had been caught with. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. The defense, however, attempted to undermine the evidence and create reasonable doubt. They argued that the blood stains were a result of Hell's heavily menstrual flow and questioned the reliability of the witnesses. <laughs> Her period was okay. so bad it broke through the carpet onto the hardwood. Yep. Yep. Did Jeff. The sheer amount of volume and evidence I mean, stacked I against Richard just fucking yeah. buried him and he got sent away. No. Yeah. In 1989, Richard Crafts was found guilty of the murder of Hellcrafts, becoming the first person in Connecticut's history to be convicted of a murder without the victim's body. And he was sentenced to 50 years in prison. However... Of course, don't have however. No, 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 however. The laws at the time, he should be getting out later this year or next year. Oh, he served like 39, 30 something years, I believe, right now. And he's because of the when he got convicted, they had different good time laws. So, yeah, he's had such, yeah, he's had good time in prison. So, he's getting out a lot earlier than most people who get convicted with good time serve now he's behaved himself and hasn't wood chipped any one yes yeah i bet they didn't put him on the landscaping crew at the prison apparently he's held a job in prison and that's part of his good sentencing or good time sentencing thing. but um but i doubt it was working the grounds and having anything to do with heavy machinery so the evidence that was found so it was the evidence stacked against him was one, the blood stains in the bedroom. Two, mm-hmm. they had divers search that lake that he or the river that he was shooting into, and mm-hmm. they found like teeth and like bone fragments and oh. hair, hair and all that. Like, could so you? That, um, oh, yeah. So there It'd was be the oh, diver that found that. Evidence. Yeah. There was also a receipt of him buying it that they found. Right. Buying the wood chipper. Right. Yeah, this guy was not smart. I He had a good idea, but he did it poorly. Right. Poor execution. Yeah. I don't think two out of ten on execution. Too much paper involved. Yeah, that's true. You'd have to buy a wood chipper like in cash off of Yes, that's true. You'd have to steal one. That would be better than if you bought it off of like Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace. Because that's and you'd a trail. have to have someone with private property connected to a large river that you could pay it yeah. off. You want you'd want to be flowing water, not yeah, a lake. You can dump into a lake, but a flowing water would take it away, and hopefully, fish would eat all the. Theoretically, shit. I don't know. I would not want to be one of those police divers that had to go dive that lake and look for stuff. And uh, I found a tooth. 
I found a bone fragment in the silt of a lake. How yeah, do you even that like? Took so long. Uh, yeah, it would have taken forever. You probably have like a strainer type tool they they can run through the bottom or something. Like Believe when they drag the a lake, they, they have a yeah, tool. Oh, that. yeah, that's true. Like I think I it's like a just... modified like version of a fishnet almost, where a you could like catch. Yeah, they're panning I don't know, for though. gold. Oh, that's interesting. I the fact that they found anything is a miracle in my mind. Yeah, and. There, since that witness called in and said, yo, there's someone using a wood chipper by the lake or river, sorry. Yeah. That's another part of the evidence that helped sent them under, but. Wow. Yeah. It, that's crazy. Well, do you have a chaser to lighten the mood after that one? I do have a chaser. So because of when we're recording this, it's it's the uh, start of summer and the end of a lot of school years. And I saw this video on Instagram and then found an article about it. Um, it's pretty common, I think, in a, a lot of places for there to be senior pranks when they are getting ready to graduate and they do some kind of fun pranky thing. Well, at a uh, school in Delaware, it was the St. Andrews school. It's a boarding school. They decided to prank their, the head of their school. So more than 70 students snuck into the woman's house, the head of their school Apparently, her husband was in on it and left the front door open. 70 students snuck into her house and went to sleep in the living room, in the kitchen. She came downstairs and finds all of the students hanging out, waiting for her to come get her morning coffee a few hours later. So they snuck in around one in the morning. She found them a about five hours later and uh the whole thing like one of the students recorded it it went viral it's all over the internet about how she comes down it's really funny like she comes down and opens the door and there's you can see like in the background there's a bunch of like kids sitting around in the room and there's a bunch of kids in front of the one recording it she opens the door going into the kitchen and like She's startled and steps back, closes the door, and then a second later comes back and she's just laughing because she's like, okay, <laughs> yeah, this was a good senior prank. No one was hurt. No one, I mean, you know, I guess it, it was a good prank, I think. It was pretty good, but that was my chaser. What chaser do you have for us? So this isn't my chaser, but it's compounding on yours, and it's also a senior mm. prank. And- I guess this one high school had one road to get to it. It's like a one lane road going each way. Mm -hmm. So two lane, but one way. Not two lane, but one way. Two lane, two way. So one. Yeah. And just one whole senior class. Yeah. The whole senior class was riding their bikes in that lane. And there was like 
two miles worth of traffic backed up and they said the caption just said no one's getting to school on time today (laughs) they're all just riding as slow as they could and it was just a line of you could see like school buses and like cars (laughs) and it was crazy that's great my chaser is for anyone who is going to seattle or lives in seattle this came up on my instagram and it's it's a hot tub boat and oh, so they have yes hot boat tours where you can go yes. out on the sound and it's literally a boat with a hot tub it's just a boat that is a hot tub all it is yeah. is water and then you have a I little joystick and you can drive it around and it looks so fun but i know i, I wish that four hundred dollars though so <laughs> an hour well you get enough people y'all go in on it. it's not that bad yeah you get it's about the experience not yeah. i mean it's not like you're just sitting in a hot tub you rented a hot tub you don't think about that you rented a hot tub no you rented a boat true you get like eight people in that thing it'd be like 50 it bucks been a fine. person yeah yeah easy peasy just bring a a little cooler full of beer Ooh, that'd be perfect yeah I I saw that video. I, I saw a video of that, that too on Instagram. I think it we should as well. It looks so fucking cool. It does. It looks like fun. Yeah. Yeah. But then you also have to I go to Seattle. Ugh. There's that. There's that. Yeah. You got to park somewhere your car's not going to get broken into. <laughs> right. Catch an Uber into the city. Yeah. Well, I think what? that wraps us up doesn't it it does it does it wraps up all of my stuff for today that was a really good drink i it might be one of my i'm glad favorite, you liked like, it weird drinks i've never I, had a drink with maple syrup or a drink with jam in it <laughs> i obviously did not like mine that much because <laughs> i had like three drinks and then said nope not drinking any more of that maybe you need to try it with the bourbon and the raspberry maybe. preserves it Maybe that's what made it better. It was too strong for me. Mm. I didn't I didn't taste any of the jam. I didn't taste any of the maple. I, I love maple flavor, so I think I would have enjoyed maybe if there was a little bit more maple. It could be the whiskey that I used. I don't know. I didn't I didn't really have any tasting of the maple syrup or the jam either, but it muted out the whiskey and it gave it like a unique flavor. It was like drinking flavored whiskey or something. All I tasted was alcohol and I wasn't a huge fan. So for me, that's a miss on that drink. Okay. Well noted. I'm glad you liked it though. (laughs) It's pretty tasty. And all I have all the stuff. I just keep a bottle of, triple sack or other orange liqueur on deck so right if you have whiskey and i usually have jam and syrup just because i don't eat peanut butter and jelly or pancakes right. that much so right that stuff will last forever in your fridge so i don't know that's true it's a good drink that if you're like i need something tasty but something different what. yeah all right i'll stop ranting on uh thanks for watching everybody <laughs> love you mom thanks love you bud Bye. Bye. Hey, friends. Thank you for supporting our podcast. Please share our show with your brutal and bizarre friends. Give us a boozy follow on your favorite podcast platform. If you're feeling extra generous, we'd appreciate a five-star rating or review as well. 
but maybe do that sober so all the letters are in the right place. You can find all our contact information in the show notes. We love hearing from you, and if you're interested in helping us stock the bar for our future boozy episodes, you can find our Patreon link in the show notes as well.